In honor of it being Halloween, we'll name the tricks and the treats on this Cardinals team. Plus, over the weekend, Nolan Arenado decided on his future with the team. We'll talk about all of it next on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffron. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. On YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button. That way you know when the new videos are being posted. This would be a good one to be looking at, considering the fact that I'm dressed up for Halloween. And yes, I am Ace Ventura. I don't know if you can tell by the hairdo. Nobody messes with the do. But uh, I don't know if you can tell. I've got the whole getup on here. Look, I've even got the skirt. So it's like the crazy scene when he's in the uh, when the in the mental hospital, and uh, he's looking for the uh, the evidence of the kicker. You know, you know what I'm talking about in the original. Anyhow, this is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all the info about the birds on the bat. So Nolan Arenado made an announcement over the weekend that he isn't going anywhere, and that makes me very happy. I'm a very happy Cardinal fan about that news, and it should make you happy, too. He faced another opt-out decision this offseason, but just like last year, the star third baseman decided to remain in St. Louis. Now, Katie Wu of The Athletic, she was the first one to report on this from what I saw over the weekend. If you're not following her on Twitter, you're just doing the whole Cardinal fan thing wrong. She She's kind of a big deal, gets a lot of scoops, so might want to follow her, okay? Uh, he will not be exercising the opt-out clause in his contract, and he'll now remain with the Cardinals and earn $144 million over the final five years of the deal. In Arenado's first season with the team in 2021, numbers a bit below what his standards are. And we expected a little regression, considering he wouldn't be playing half of his games at Coors Field in Colorado anymore. He hit just 255. Again, that's not horrible, but... Nolan Arenado standards are way different than everybody else's. Still popped 34 home runs, knocked at 105, and won his ninth consecutive gold glove. Not too shabby. Ended up passing on the opt-out last year. Yet there were some expectations that he might be tempted to test the free agent market this season if he were to come off of a more Nolan type of year, which is pretty much what we got in 2022. The average was back up, hit 293, career average, I think it's at 289, uh, along with 30 home runs, 103 RBIs, and once again, he's a finalist for a gold glove. The reasoning behind Nolan ever leaving this team would have been, number one, the Cardinals weren't winning, and he was unhappy. Number two, if his contract was very outdated as far as how the other third basemen were being paid. Now, the money side of this is debatable. Arnado turns 32 in April, potentially limiting his odds of adding much more in ways of years if he if he were to have opted out. You know, who's going to give him, you know, 10 years as opposed to what he's getting now? Probably not many people. And 32 is not old, but it's not young either. He's more of on the the back nine of his prime type of age is what 32 is. So the length wasn't something that really needed improvement on didn't need to be addressed however 
the $28.8 million average annual value that he gets uh, the rest of the way is perhaps maybe a little bit low than what he's actually worth. Fellow third baseman Anthony Rendon managed to snag an AAV of $35 million on his seven-year $245 million contract that he signed with the Angels prior to the 2020 season. The Angels are morons. I don't know if you've noticed this, but they consistently prove that they have no clue what they're doing when it comes to signing free agents. They just throw money at names that had a good year. That's what they do. Albert Pujols obviously was a big name, but he was coming down as far as what where his talent was. You know, he was he was injured a little bit more, getting older, and they signed him to this crazy 10-year deal, and they don't even finish it with him. Josh Hamilton, Zach Cozart, Gary Matthews Jr. They just chuck money at these dudes because they have a couple of good years and then they end up being bust. So the fact that they gave Rendon all that money and it hasn't worked out isn't exactly shocking. Freddie Freeman's six-year, $162 million pact with the Dodgers last winter also exceeds Aaron Arenado's uh, current deal in terms of both years and total value, but Freddie just won an MVP and a World Series. No one hasn't done either of that yet, but in my heart, it was more about winning than anything with Nolan. He's one of those guys that would like play the sport and he'd do it for free if he had to. He loves it, and you can see it in the way he approaches the game, his attitude, the flair that he plays with. Uh, the emotion, the intensity, he lives for this sport, you know? And there's no better place in the league to play for if that's your approach to this game than in St. Louis. St. Louis is not a flashy town. It's a it's a mid-market city that doesn't have the attractions of, say, in L.A., or New York, Chicago, Boston, Miami. But no one never came off as someone who was all that interested in any of that stuff. He, he's the guy who probably goes out and gets maybe a steak dinner after the game, has perhaps a drink, and then goes home to watch footage of his at-bats from that night's game. That's the kind of guy he is. He's not a, a club type of guy. He's not a party guy. He's a family guy. He's got a newborn child, and he loves this game, and he looks at it as a job. You know, it's a, it's a game, and it's supposed to be fun, but he takes it very, very seriously, and he wants to be the best at it every single day. Constantly talked about his comfort level in St. Louis, the stability of the franchise. And remember, he wanted to come to St. Louis. You, you've heard the stories, I'm sure, of him sending videos to guys on the Cardinals saying, show John Moselock this video. I would love to play in St. Louis. Trade for me. It was his choice to come here. He selected the Cardinals. Is like, that's kind of where I want to be. And despite having both seasons in a disappointment, the team has pretty much delivered on everything he would want a franchise to do. They try to win every season. Do we always agree with every move they make? No, of course not. But the intent each season is to win baseball games, to win the division, to make the playoffs, and hopefully win a championship. And I think if he had any reservations about any of this, it was that he just was making sure of the plan, moving forward, of how they're going to replace guys like Molina and Pujols next year. What happens if Wainwright doesn't come back? I mean, he wanted to be involved in this stuff. He wanted to make sure that everything was moving forward the way he thought it was going to be and uh, wanted to know what, what the angle is for the team on improving things so they don't fall short again in 2023. And whatever he was told, he was it was clearly enough for him to stick around. So Arenado's decision also is uh, beneficial in a way for the Cardinals because it keeps the Rockies committed to a significant financial obligation. As per the terms of the trade that sent him to St. Louis prior to the 2021 season, the Rockies are the ones who owe the Cardinals $31.5 million to cover a portion of the third baseman's salary. 
So $16 million next season, then $5 million each year from 2024 to 2026. The $16 million slated for Arenado is more than the Rockies are paying any player on their payroll next year, except for Chris Bryant, who was terrible this year. Basically a lost season in Denver for him. And with the money they will now save on Nolan Steele, the freed-up money with Yachty and Albert retiring, and the added revenue from the season, the Cardinals are in a great place to catch up with the likes of the Mets and Phillies and Braves, Dodgers, Padres, as far as payroll and talent goes. Will they spend as much as those teams? Probably not. That probably won't ever happen. But uh, they now have added funds, and it's up to Mo in the front office to make smart signings with the extra money to go win that title that Arenado hasn't gotten yet. Now, plus with Molina gone, Arenado is clearly the team captain now, right? Moving forward, isn't that? He's the guy. You know, Wainwright is still here, and obviously he'll be the main voice of the pitching staff. But that's it. This is his last year. This is Arenado's team. Goldie is a great guy and a great player, but he's not a voice, okay? Arenado is this team's heartbeat now. And for the foreseeable future, and... In my opinion, they couldn't have picked a better player or person in all of baseball to lead them. Tricks and treats. All right, we're going to do that segment next, heading into next season. The tricks and the treats that are on this roster. We'll talk about them next on Locked on Cardinals. So today we got some Monday Night Football, yeah? BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. We got college hoops right around the corner as well, North Carolina. Your preseason number one, Gonzaga, Houston, Kentucky, Kansas, rolling out the top five there. Um, College basketball is a lot of fun. You got to remember, remember these teams usually play like a bunch of scrubs in the beginning, so crazy scores. Uh, You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. Live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. Uh, We were supposed to have Game 3 of the World Series tonight. That has been postponed, so can't bet on that. But there's plenty of other things going on, man. Of course, football tonight, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Halloween night NFL action tonight. You got the Bengals at the Browns. Jamar Chase out for Cincy. Does that screw up all the good things that they've had going on offense recently as they try to keep pace with Baltimore in the AFC North. Can the Browns running game, which has been really, really good, lead the way for this disappointing 2-5 and five Browns team that uh, has lost four in a row now? It's going to be on TV tonight. Might want to throw some money on it. You got a hunch about how things are going to go? Throw a little money on it. Turn your gut feelings into profit. Head to the website today or you can use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So this season, we had a lot of underperformers and some guys who may have overperformed in the starting lineup, which leads me into our trick or treat segment for this Halloween night. Uh, We talked about Arenado a lot, so let's just start there. Trick or treat on Arenado. Treat for sure. Obviously, opted back in, was a two-time player of the month. We'll get MVP consideration. And if they can provide one more bat behind him for protection for the whole year, I think his numbers could go up even more. It's a possibility. Tommy Edmond, trick or treat. I'm giving treat to Edmond. Not really a leadoff guy. I think we're I think we're learning this and we need to accept it. But he is a solid hitter with a little pop, tons of speed, and as a switch hitter, I'd love to see him in that number two hole where he batted 365 this year. Not too shabby, right? Uh, now with Goldie behind you, 
that will help your numbers. Okay, so Goldie in the number three spot. Whoever's hitting number two is probably going to do a little bit better, but it's why I have this dream of Trey Turner batting leadoff and then a Tommy Edmond batting second and then Goldie and Arenado and Contreras. You know, I mean, put that out there, man. If you could pull that off, wow. Edmond is, is a great tool. He's fantastic. Uh, defensively, stud at both second and shortstop, but... Trey Turner at short at the top of the order. Then Edmund kind of in my make-believe, make-it-happen mode lineup, man. That's what I want to see. Brendan Donovan, trick-or-treat. I'm going treat here, too, because Donovan, we didn't expect anything out of this guy this past year. He didn't do anything special, but he wasn't a liability either. I love his batting eye and the fact that he can play anywhere on the field besides catcher, but he could probably do that if he wanted to. And he does it at a gold glove level. That's why he's up for an award this year. He's better suited lower in the order, in my opinion, at like an eight or a nine spot. But when he was in that two spot ahead of Goldie, hit 317 with an OBP of 399. Again, the Goldie effect really, really helps whoever's in that two hole. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt, trick or treat? Treat, duh. Uh, might win the NL MVP. Plays gold glove defense. One of the most unassuming star players in all of sports. Now, his numbers might regress some next year because he was at such a level this year that was crazy. Um, but there's no reason to believe he won't continue to be an elite player with Arenado batting behind him in the order. Like I said, imagine if they can get a bat behind both of them, how big of a difference that's going to make. Speaking of bats sitting behind them, Tyler O'Neill, trick or treat, definitely a trick this year. And that pains me to say it because I love me some Tyler O'Neill or bro Neal, as I've come to call him after posting MVP caliber numbers last season, the injury bug got him this year over and over and over and it forced the team to play Corey Dickerson every day in left field. And that is not what anyone wanted. Uh, he's still an extremely talented player. He's only 28. Could be the bat behind Nolan to add that protection to the middle of the lineup. I mean, that year, if he puts up numbers where he's hitting 280 with 30-something bombs behind Arenado, that's going to be awesome. But can he stay on the field? That's the problem. Dylan Carlson, trick or treat. Trick. Carlson had given fans the organiz and the organization, I should say, much hope entering this 2022 season, hitting 265, 18 home runs, 65 RBIs, and what was technically his rookie year. I mean, a switch hitter with power, decent speed, great glove. What's not to like? Then this year, he essentially became a platoon player by September. That's really what happened to him. Let's be honest. 236 average, only hit 207 against righties. The power? Eight home runs? Where did it go? What happened? Defensively, he looked great in center field after the Bader trade, right? We can't complain about that. But many question how healthy he was this year, and perhaps that led to the decline at the plate. I hope so. I hope that's what happened, because I hope that it's not something mental or just something where he just wasn't good. I hope it was an injury that was uh, throwing him off his game. Still only 23 years old, but he's supposed to be your top guy in the outfield. You know, he was the guy that was going to lead your outfield for years to come. And this year had to make the front office a little bit nervous. It really did. Uh, Lars Newbar, trick or treat. I'm going trick. Now, this one may be an unpopular take, but I say trick. And the only reason I say trick is because he's not supposed to be your starting right fielder. That was not the plan going into this year. Newt is a platoon guy. Okay. That's who he is. He's supposed to be a platoon guy on this team. He has no business starting against left-handers, but he had to do it this year. And that's the trick here. It's not that he stinks because he doesn't. He's a solid backup. 
and a defensive replacement late in games. Got a cannon for an arm, good defensive player. I love those parts about him. I'm just not sold on him being an everyday right fielder. Perhaps I'll be wrong. Maybe I will. Heck, I hope I am because I love Newt the person. I think we all do. The energy that he brings to the team, it's off the charts. And you need those guys on your team. I just don't want him as my starter. I think they need to do better. And I hope they do. Yadier Molina and Andrew Kisner, trick or treat? Well, <laughs> tricks for both. Uh, neither of them are a threat at the plate. Love Yadi, but I'm glad they can move on and uh, look elsewhere for a starter. Kisner can be the backup, which is what he is. Albert Pujols, trick or treat? Treat in its highest form. Albert was the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup pumpkin bats candies this year, which are my personal favorite. If you don't like peanut butter, then don't worry about that reference. But he was the best. Off the charts production in the second half when nobody, including myself, expected it. His success might be the reason. Think about this for a moment. The success that he had by reaching 700 and having that chase to get to 700 might be the reason that the Cardinals get better next year without him, thanks to all the added revenue that he generated at the ticket gate. The, the, the Pujols' power continues to give going into next year, even though he won't be on this team. That's saying something. Now we're going to run through the starting pitchers next here on Locked on Cardinals. So don't move. Okay. Uh, once again, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Trick-or-treat with the pitchers. Uh, Jack Flaherty, trick-or-treat. Unfortunately, we got to go trick here because uh, he was hurt a lot. This year was all about injuries, and there really wasn't enough time at the end of the year for him to show that he will be the ace of this staff, staff next year, right? I mean, what did he show in any of those final starts that were like, you know what, we're good. He's got to be fine. No, <laughs> that did not happen. Uh, if he does return to his early 2021 form, where he was an ace and one of the best pitchers in baseball, that would be a huge boost to this staff because that's really what the staff is missing, right? Is a clear-cut number one guy. They don't have that. Got a lot of threes and fours, maybe a couple of twos, but a lot of threes and fours and fives in this rotation. So they need that number one. And if Jack Flaherty could be that number one, cool. That'd be awesome. Miles Michael is trick-or-treat. He was a treat and a tasty one at that. Uh, we finally got Miles back on the mound after almost two years, and he looked good. He looked good. Home run ball became an issue, but here's the thing. That happens with a pitcher that throws a lot of strikes. Okay, He's around the zone all the time, so people are going to tee off on him from time to time. Next year uh, is going to be the final year of his deal, I believe, so maybe we get that going into free agency boost out of Miles Michaelis. Could happen. Uh, Adam Wainwright, trick or treat. I'm going treat. He's a Cardinal legend, and it pained me to see him struggle in September. I hated that. Doesn't that suck? Nobody wants to see him like that. He uh, he was not good in September. Essentially lost his number one role in the process because he was kind of your number one guy. It was him or Miles, really, before the trade deadline. I'm glad he's coming back to prove all you haters wrong who are doubting Adam Wainwright and yelling about the fact that the Cardinals are paying him uh, $17.5 million. But remember, a lot of that is deferred over time. So he took less money for this year so that the Cardinals 
could use that money and plug the holes that need fixing. Adam Wainwright rules. You don't like Adam Wainwright, you suck, in my opinion. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, trick or treat. I'm going to say trick here because I'm not sure what we saw when he first got to St. Louis where he was dominating teams was real or it was an aberration. I hope it's real because he's on the books for next year, but he looks more like a solid number four starter, doesn't he? I mean, those top-tier efforts that he gave in his first four starts, I mean, it was magnificent to watch. You're like, oh, my gosh, how did the Yankees let him go? Well, the Yankees had him for a few years, and he didn't do that. And maybe that's not really him. Maybe it was just the fact that he was in a new league and was taking advantage of uh, teams that didn't have a lot of tape on him, didn't know exactly what was in his repertoire. So I'm cautiously optimistic that Jordan Montgomery is going to be a good pitcher for the Cardinals next year. But I am not expecting what we saw in those first four starts to continue. I expect him to be better than he was near the end. Uh, Jose Quintana trick-or-treat. Quintana was a treat. Come on. But was a treat. I How to put this? But was this treat that Jose Quintana was a trick? I think that's how I want to say it because he's going into free agency. And I just mentioned the Miles Michaelis thing. So you, you get these guys, they go into free agency, and it, you see how they have these magnificent years. Like they're extra, extra motivated going into their free agent year. Jose did everything right as a Cardinal. Everything. Couldn't have asked for more from Jose Quintana. And I would gladly welcome him back on the staff. But if he's your number one starter going into the playoffs next year, something went wrong. Something went wrong because that is not what you need. Jose Quintana is a nice piece to a rotation, but he is not supposed to be your game one starter in the wild card against the Phillies. That is not what was supposed to happen. And uh, unfortunately, it did. I don't think he's coming back, personally. I, I don't think so. I think I think the Cardinals have other options, and uh, I think he signs a bigger deal with somebody else. Just That's just my that's just how I feel. Uh, Steven Matz, trick or treat, trick for Steven Matz because he couldn't stay healthy. He's not an elite pitcher. He just isn't. He's another one of those three or four or maybe a five guy that exists in this rotation. Uh, I liked what he did out of the bullpen. I love the fact that he came back and got healthy after the knee. That was great. He could have easily shut it down for the year, but he didn't. Um, I think he's a solid pitcher, but it, it, he, again, he's not an ace. Dakota Hudson, trick-or-treat, trick, but I'm not quitting on him simply because he was coming back from Tommy John surgery, and I think he deserves at least one more crack at the rotation and to be on this team before being dubbed a failure. Now, this is the same guy, and I know everybody remembers what happened this past year, but this is the same guy who won 16 games with an ERA of 3.35 in 2019. If you had that, you would be so happy to get a 16-game winner with an ERA of 3.35 next year. You'd be doing backflips if that happened. Had an ERA of 2.77 in that COVID-2020 year at his eight starts. And then he got hurt. Had one start, was good, and then got hurt. Tommy John, it's not like he stubbed his toe, man. That was a major surgery. And perhaps Dakota Hudson is more useful to the team as a trade piece now. But I'm not punning on him yet. You can hate on him all you want because he was inconsistent this year, but he's coming back from TJ, man. Cutting down the walks, absolute key to Dakota Hudson. 
All right. Um, yeah, we're a little low on time here, so let's let's rattle through the bench and the bullpen real quick. Uh, bench players first. Juan Yepes. Or they're saying it in either play. Yepes is how they're saying it now. I don't know which one's right, but I'm used to Yepes. But uh, he's a treat. Could be your main DH next year. I liked what he what he brought. Uh, the injury sucked with the forearm, but it, when he played, I liked it. Uh, Dickerson trick outside that crazy stretch against the Cubs. I wasn't all that impressed, and I hate that in fact that we had to watch him play so much. Uh, Nolan Gorman trick, but I am a Gorman backer, and I believe the potential is clearly there. The power is clearly there. He's very, very young. All right, cut the kid some slack. But if he gets traded for a bigger piece, cool. Uh, Paul DeYoung, trick, no business being on this team next year. I don't even know if he deserves to be in the major leagues right now. And people keep saying, trade him, get his get his money off the books. Yeah, great. Who wants Paul DeYoung? Name somebody who wants Paul DeYoung on their team right now and will take the remaining salary from his contract. You find me that team and that GM that does that. Go, go ahead. As soon as you do that, I, I'm on board. But who wants him? Nobody. Nobody's going to want Paul DeYoung. It's going to be one of those Dexter Fowler things where they get rid of him and they still have to pay for him. That's probably what's going to happen. But I don't want him on this team next year. I Do something else. Uh, Bullpen-wise, Ryan Helsley, treat, elite closer, sadly will be remembered for uh, what happened in game one against the Phillies despite the all-star season. Giovanni Gallegos, treat. But it's tough to watch at times. I understand that. But overall, he gets the job done. Curious how he'll do with the... Uh, pitch clock that will be implemented next year because I think at the end of the season he was the slowest pitcher in baseball as far as like getting the sign and doing what he was really like delivering the pitch like yeah I think he was the slowest in the whole league which doesn't help either like speed it up Gio what are you doing uh Jordan Hicks trick we need him to be more his stuff is filthy he should be dominating hitters not losing six games in an ERA close to five uh, Hennessy's Cabrera, trick. Hope he can bounce back. Top-tier stuff, but that was a big, big piece that fell out of favor quickly in the second half. And, um, man, if you can get him back to what he was doing in the first half, you're great. Let's hope it happens. Andre Pallante, you're a treat, Andre. Will be a big part of things next year if he's not traded in a package for a big name. I'm not saying that's happening, but if I'm a GM – He'd be someone I'm targeting, right? I'd want that dude on my team because he can do starter. He can do reliever. He's young. He's got wiffle ball type of uh, stuff that he's throwing up at the plate. I love some Palante. Jake Woodford, you're a treat. Dude was solid. Good long reliever. Zach Thompson, treat. I need more Zach next year. If he's not pitching more next year, somebody's an idiot. Uh, TJ McFarland, trick. He stunk. Packy Naughton, trick. Got to upgrade over him. Chris Stratton. Damn glad to meet you. Treat. It was nice to have you on the team. People forget he was in that uh, Jose Quintana deal, but became a useful arm for Ollie late in the season. You know, Stratton won five games for the Cardinals this past year with an ERA under three. No, you didn't know that, did you? He did that. Five wins. Jojo Romero. Treat. Didn't expect anything from him after the Sosa deal. Might have forced his way into the Cardinals plans for next year. Possibly especially with Cabrera's meltdown. I mean, you're going to have to find left-handers. Uh, I don't want it to be Romero and Naughton and whatever's left <laughs> of Ennis' Cabrera. I hope it's a really good Cabrera, uh, a Zach Thompson, and then a Jojo Romero. I, I wouldn't hate that. I know a lot of people are clamoring for a veteran lefty. That's fine. 
I don't mind upgrading there. That, that's cool with me. Spend the money, man. Go get some studs. It's cool. Do it. Let's win a championship. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. As I mentioned, uh, World Series Game 3 postponed tonight because of the weather. So it's all about Monday Night Football tonight, yeah? Got the uh, Bengals and the Browns. My wife's a huge Bengals fan, so uh, we're going to do uh, hand out the candy and then uh, we're going to watch some football. So uh, enjoy the rest of your night. Happy Halloween, everybody. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, YouTube. I don't know why I said it that way. On YouTube. Uh, follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans of baseball for a reason. And I'll see you next time on Locked On Cardinals.